Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to the Babies and Boundaries podcast. My name is Maddie, and I am on a mission to change the culture around postpartum. I am here to validate new mom's experiences, help you set and enforce boundaries around your baby, and to protect and promote the mother-baby bond. Join me each week as we dive into these topics. Welcome back to the Babies and Boundaries podcast, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in, whether you're on Apple, Spotify, or YouTube. And listen, I owe my Apple and Spotify girlies a bit of an apology, so I have been absolutely going through it with my microphone. The original microphone I was using for this podcast broke about four weeks ago, and I have genuinely gone through five microphones before finding the right fit. I am also the least tech savvy person in the entire world and I was trying to figure out how to plug in my USB microphone to my camera. And so yeah, apologies for the very bad audio quality that's been on the last couple episodes. Um, I was listening to them and I'm like, wow, this sounds like I recorded this on a microwave. So thank you for being patient with me while I get my equipment situation sorted out. But I'm finally very happy with my equipment setup. I love this microphone. I love this camera and, and I am finally satisfied with it. So for today's episode, I came across a very interesting article in the New York Times. The title of the article was called The Maternal Grandparent Advantage. The article starts out by talking about how children are naturally closer to their maternal grandparents. And we'll get into the article and why they say this in a bit. But the article takes a bit of a turn and starts making it seem like women are purposely keeping their children away from their in-laws and that they're doing it for no good reason. They're just doing it because they don't like their in-laws. And so I have some commentary on this. So let's get into this actual article. You hear this often. Paternal grandparents tread very carefully, mindful that a daughter-in-law might not appreciate their overtures or frequent presence, anxious that she could limit access to their grandkids. What a way to start the article. Um, I love how this article is basically acting like daughter-in-laws are just these evil witches and these grandparents just have to tread so lightly so they don't upset these evil witch daughter-in-laws. Yeah, um, (laughs) I can tell you that is not at all how things work. Um, At this point, I have received thousands of messages of people struggling with their in-laws and their in-laws are not treading lightly. They are very aggressively crossing boundaries. Their in-laws are quite literally just bulldozing over every single boundary they have. Next it says, but researchers exploring family affiliations point out that so-called matrinial advantage does exist. That is, daughters generally have closer ties to their own parents than to their in-laws which leads to warmer relationships between their children and maternal grandparents. So I've talked about this before. I really think, you know, at its core, the reason why so many women struggle with their mother-in-law is that they just are not as comfortable with their mother-in-law as, let's say, their own mother. 
And this is not the case for everyone. Obviously, I do get a lot of messages from women who are struggling with their own mother. But I would say about 80% of the messages I get are from women who are struggling with their mother-in-law. Obviously, some of these messages involve really horrible, toxic mother-in-laws, but some of them don't. Some of them, you know, the mother-in-law is a nice person. But the mother of this child just doesn't feel as comfortable with her as, let's say, her own mother. And that is for a good reason, a, a very understandable reason, right? As let's say, assuming, you know, this woman has a good relationship with her parents. She is naturally closer to her own parents because they raised her. Right? There is just a deeper level of trust that goes all the way back to the fact that, you know, this woman's mother carried her in her body. And there is just a bond that is very different than even a bond between a respectful mother-in-law and her daughter-in-law. A lot of you guys message me and ask me about my own mother-in-law, and I love that. I love that y'all want the tea because, girl, same. And the truth is, there is no tea. Uh, my mother-in-law is a very sweet lady. Thankfully, my mother and father-in-law have always been very receptive to our boundaries. And this is something I've talked about before. You know, obviously, we do have to sometimes set boundaries with really toxic people. But in a lot of cases, we're setting boundaries just because boundaries are a part of every normal and healthy relationship. And so all that being said, my mother-in-law is a very sweet lady. There's no beef. But I am just naturally closer to my own mother. And that's to be expected. I think a lot of times our own mother or our parents, it's a lot harder for them to separate us from our baby. For example, you often hear about how when a woman goes to have a baby, her mother wants to be there because she's thinking, oh my gosh, my baby is having a baby. But the mother-in-law might be thinking, oh my gosh, my grandchild is being born. And so when you are the in-laws, it's just a bit easier to separate your daughter-in-law from her baby and to kind of just like hone in on the baby. But with your own parents, that's a little bit more difficult because they obviously care about you in a sense that you are their child. I just don't see anything wrong with this. Like this is just the natural order of things. I am a boy mom, so obviously one day I might be somebody's mother-in-law. And truly, I am okay with the reality that I might not be as close with my grandchild as their other grandparents. I get comments from grandparents that are like, well, I'd love to know how you would feel in 25 years when you're a grandparent. And I can tell you, obviously, I am not a grandparent right now, so I can't say with 100% certainty. But not being, you know, the favorite grandparent is okay with me because I understand that naturally my daughter-in-law is going to be closer to her mother. I want my daughter-in-law to be closer to her mother because typically when women are closer to their mother-in-law versus their own mother, there's some kind of problem between the woman and her own mother. And I don't want that for my daughter-in-law. I want her to have a healthy, loving relationship with her own mother. And I understand that it's just going to be different. I've seen women say, you know, oh, I'm going to be a mother-in-law one day and I want to adopt my daughter-in-law and treat her as my own. And I think this is a response, you know, to all the stories of toxic mother-in-laws. We're trying to overcorrect the problem, but I don't think daughter-in-laws need to be adopted by anybody, right? These are grown women who already have a mother of their own. I don't think we need to mother grown women. I think we need to have kindness and understanding and mutual respect with our daughter-in-laws, but I don't think we need to be adopting anybody. Okay, slight tangent back to the article. <laughs> the article continues. Women are more active in maintaining those relationships, said Jan Mulcher, a sociologist and gerontologist at the University of Massachusetts, Boston. When you have mothers and daughters, then you have two women working on it. 
What happens with sons and their children? It's about your relationship to the person they married, Dr. Fingerman said. She found that parents report with a daughter-in-law, a quote, key figure, significantly influences their bond with her children. The connection with this gatekeeper, more than with a son-in-law for unexplained reasons, can cement or thwart grandparental closeness. So this article acknowledges that basically the daughter-in-law is kind of like the gatekeeper of the children. And I I think this article might have a negative connotation about this, but I mean, I agree. The daughter-in-law really is kind of the gatekeeper of the children because you can't have access to your grandchildren without having a respectful relationship with their mother. I'm sorry, that's just the way it is. Mom, and especially their young babies, are really a package deal. And my mom has always said, you know, I might not completely agree with or completely understand your boundaries. I am more than happy to respect them. And she's told me, like, at the end of the day, I know that, like, I would not have a relationship with your child if I didn't respect you and your boundaries. And so if you are a grandparent and maybe you don't understand, maybe it doesn't make sense to you why your daughter-in-law or your son have these boundaries around their children, it's okay to not understand. It's okay to not agree with these boundaries, but you have to respect them. And pushing back on these boundaries, especially with the gatekeeper of the children, just really never yields a good outcome. All right, here's where the article gets interesting. It says, thus you hear sorrowful tales like this one of a 72-year-old grandmother whose name I am not using to prevent further discord. She moved to Southern California last year to help her son and his wife with their new baby, her first grandchild. She says, quote, I expected to be hands-on, babysitting in the evenings. It hasn't worked out that way. Her daughter-in-law, whom she didn't know well before her pregnancy, quote, did not want me to be close, she said, and didn't accept gifts or offers of help. So when I got to this point in the article, this is when I started raising a few eyebrows. I absolutely love how they start by describing this as a sorrowful tale. You know, when they say sorrowful tale, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this horrible daughter-in-law must have like completely shut her out and didn't let her meet the baby or didn't let her be involved. Oh no, it was just that the daughter-in-law wasn't letting her mother-in-law, whom it says she didn't know very well, have alone time with her child. That's a sorrowful tale? This just goes back to, I've talked about this before, with babysitting privileges on the in-law side versus your own parents, is that you most likely are going to be more comfortable with your parents babysitting versus your in-laws, and that is okay. This is all a reality we need to get on board with. And again, as a boy mom, this is a reality that I can cope with as a mother-in-law. I am understanding of the fact that my daughter-in-law is much more likely to trust someone she has known her entire life versus is me who she's only known a couple of years. Just the way this woman says, I expected to be hands-on babysitting in the evening. I just really can't get over that part because I know this woman is going around and crying that this is a sorrowful tale that she can't babysit. By the way, not every woman wants her baby babysat. Um, There are exclusively breastfed babies who don't take a bottle. My son is one of them. My son did not ever take a bottle, and so I was required to be with my son 24-7, and I was okay with that. My son is 11 months old, and I have still not left him with anyone other than my husband. Not every woman wants her baby to be babysat. The article continues that she didn't want any help, and I'm curious if this mother-in-law offered help in the way that the daughter-in-law needed or she offered help in the way that the mother-in-law thought would be helpful, i.e. babysitting. Babysitting is not helpful to everyone. I know, for some reason, it's so controversial that women sometimes don't want to be away from their children. 
But again, babysitting might not have been the help that that daughter-in-law was needing. Maybe she needed someone to wash her pump parts. Maybe she needed someone to run to the grocery store. Maybe she needed someone just to hold the baby for 15 minutes while she could take a shower. But maybe this daughter-in-law was not looking to leave her baby for several hours on end with someone that she did not know. The article continues and says, among women friends her age with sons, quote, almost every single one of them says the same thing. The daughter-in-law keeps me away from the children. Quote, and the sons don't stick up for their mothers. They have to be loyal to their wives. Feeling excluded, the grandma plans to relocate and will visit the family every few months. I got another hot boy mom take, um, but I want my son to pick his wife over me. I know, that's crazy to say. But first of all, I don't even want my son to be in a position where he's having to make this choice. I want to be so mutually respectful of my son and his future spouse that I never even want there to be a situation where he's having to choose between mom and his wife. But if that time does come, I want my son to pick the person he made a lifelong commitment to. My son did not make a lifelong commitment to me. He actually didn't even ask to be born. I know some of these mother-in-laws love to talk about how their daughter-in-law is an absolutely evil witch, but what does that, if you truly believe that your daughter-in-law is a completely evil witch and you have done nothing wrong and you have done nothing to deserve the treatment from your daughter-in-law, I'm genuinely curious as to what you think that says about the way that you raised your son. Because if you can believe it or not, the way you raise a child has a lot to do with the partner they pick in the future. There's a saying that oftentimes men do marry a woman that is similar to their mom. What what does that make you? If your daughter-in-law is this evil witch, what, what does that make you? Okay, last part of the article says, then consider the endless complexities of family dynamics. Despite the supposed matrinial advantage, I know several hardworking new grandmas providing regular care for their son's children and all seems amicable. Is the goal of grandparenting to provide regular care for the grandchildren? You know, I talk a lot about unhealthy behaviors from grandparents and so often maybe someone would wonder oh what what do you think makes a healthy grandparent relationship and the truth is I think what makes a healthy grandparent relationship is basically showing up in the way that parents need you to because things look different for every family right so take my situation for example I'm a stay-at-home mom I'm not comfortable leaving my baby yet Right now, the role of my son's grandparents are strictly of like a supportive role. And when they come over and interact with my son, they're happy to play with him. But nobody's babysitting him or driving him around yet. Now that might be different from somebody else's situation who had to return to work. Let's say there's a woman who's returning to work postpartum and she's asking her mom to watch her baby while she works. That grandparent's role looks very different than my son's grandparent's role. And I really just think what makes a healthy grandparent relationship is it's based on the parents' needs. It really is. And also just mutual respect and understanding. But back to the regular care part, like I said, not every family needs or wants regular care from their child's grandparent. There's just not a book on the rules of grandparenting that say a part of being a grandparent is providing regular care for the grandkids. All right, guys, those are my thoughts on this article. Um, let me know what you thought of the article in the comments below if you're watching on YouTube. I just... I don't know, the vibes were off with this one. I didn't like it. Clearly, like I said, it seemed like they were trying to paint this picture that daughter-in-laws are just randomly keeping their children away from their in-laws and 
poor grandparents can't have hands-on care with their grandchildren, whatever that means. I don't know. It's a crazy world out there, y'all. It's a crazy time for Gen Z and millennial parents and their Gen X and boomer parents and in-laws. I mean, times are wild. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another week of Babies and Boundaries. I hope the improved audio quality makes the listening experience better for you guys. If you are struggling with your parents or in-laws, I just want to let you know that you are not alone and there is a whole community of women out there who are experiencing very similar things. I started a support group as a safe place for you guys to vent and connect with other moms. If you want to learn more about joining my support group, you can click the link in the description. All right, guys, thanks again for tuning in and I'll catch you guys next week with a brand new episode of the Babies and Boundaries podcast.